I didn't think y'all liked it that much. Amen. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take a vote. Can we get a new pulpit? I'm only kidding. <laughs> I, I, like, I like to be able to roam a little bit up here. Amen. We're not going to get that started just yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Again, happy Father's Day. Uh, kind of a different Father's Day message for you today. Um, because we all uh, can relate to this message. So while this message is definitely focused uh, to our dads, uh, it should ring true in every one of our hearts. But before I get started, uh, I wanted to tell you about this little girl who once said to her mom, Mama, if Santa Claus brings the presents and God gives our daily bread and Uncle Sam gives us Social Security, why do we keep Daddy around? <laughs> Amen. Well, here's the reason. Recent research tells us that it is incredibly important for there to be male leadership in the home. It is a sad reality that 68 million of our nation's 94 million men don't attend any church. Even though 86% of them grew up with some type of church background. Research has also revealed that if a child is the first person in the home to become a Christian, there is a 3.5% probability that the rest of the household will follow in suit. I think that's pretty, pretty good, actually, 3%. Uh, if just a child comes to Christ in the family... But if the mother, if the mother is the first to trust Christ, then that percentage goes up to 17% of the rest of the family will follow suit. But prepare to have your mind blown because these statistics show that if the father is the first to come to Christ, there is a 93% probability that the rest of the family will follow suit. When the father goes first spiritually, good things happen in the home. Did you hear that, friends? When Father goes first spiritually, good things happen in the home. Therefore, let us pray that there will be even more men who will be spiritually awakened, who will experience spiritual revival, who will experience spiritual renewal. Because never before has there been a generation that needs godly men than the one we're living in today. In today's Bible passages, we're going to speak about the same gentleman that we spoke about at Vacation Bible School. It's David. We learned that David was once a shepherd. We learned that David was also a king. But we also learned that David was also a father. And in this passage, we find that David the father has come to the end of his days and David's greatest desire as a man after God's own heart 
is that his nation would continue to remain in a close fellowship with God. More than anything, that's what he desired. So this message is not only for dads today, it's for every one of us present today. I got to begin by telling you that whether you have children or not, whether you are a father or not, you as a Christian have a responsibility to help prepare young people to seek and to have a relationship with God. Did you hear that? We all have a responsibility to our children. And if we want to raise up a generation of young people who will know and love God, then there are many things that we must do. The first of which is we must prepare them for the task. On page 378 in the Bibles in front of you, in 1 Chronicles chapter 22, I want to begin sharing just the first verse and verse 5 of today's message with you to give you a little bit of background about how David prepared his son for the task that was before him. 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 5. Now David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious through all countries. I will now make preparations for it. And so David made abundant preparations before his death. Here we find King David's son, Solomon. 20 years old, and David is making preparations for his young son to take on potentially the greatest challenge in all of the history of Israel, to build the temple of God. Now, the temple of God in that day was not just another building. The temple would represent the relationship that Israel had with Jehovah God. The temple was to be a very important uh, part of society. It was to be an absolutely glorious structure known throughout the world as the place of the living God. Fathers, Christians, today... The New Testament tells all of us, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Did you hear that, friends? Because that verse is true, would you agree that the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, the bodies that we live in, require just as much, perhaps more, preparation than the temple of God in Israel did? We better be about preparing the temples of the Holy Spirit, which are our bodies. So what do we got to do? What is the task before us? 
Well, in a nutshell, it's to raise up young people who will glorify God in all their lives. That is the calling. That is the most high calling is to raise up young people who will glorify God in everything they say, everything they do, everything they pray, everything they think, every attitude they keep, glorifying God. And I've got to tell you, friends, it requires a lot of hard work. It takes an absolute ton of preparation, but preparing our young people for the future is absolutely imperative. And here's how it begins. It begins with a willingness to be present in their lives. That's where it starts, men, with a willingness to be present in your young people's lives. One young man became concerned about his son, didn't know what he was going to do with him, the boy was just acting up, getting into trouble all the time. And so the father went to the boy's principal to ask him for some suggestions. And the principal told him this. He said, sir, I advise you to resign your position as the president of the Chamber of Commerce. Leave that position to someone whose family is already grown up and is in not such great a need of a father and fatherly attention like your boy is. He said, your first duty over the next five years is to provide only for the necessities of life and to be at home with your boy. You should help him with his lessons. You should teach him your job. You should become his comrade. And by giving the same amount of time, by giving the same amount of attention that you now give to the Chamber of Commerce, you will save your boy. And you'll probably do just as much good for the city. Are we aware that if we died tomorrow... The company that we're working for or the clients that we have would replace us in a matter of days. In just a few days, they won't even know you were gone. But your family that you left behind, they're going to feel that loss for the rest of their lives. David said, I will now make preparations for this temple. He's going to do it now. And so he made abundant preparations. We should too. But we can't stop there. Because I also find that not only must we prepare them for the task, but we must also present before them a challenge. Look in verse 6 of 1 Chronicles 22. Then he, David, called for his son Solomon, and he charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood. 
and you have made great wars. You, David, shall not build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest and I will give him rest from all his enemies. His name shall be Solomon. For I will give peace and quietness to Israel in all his days. He shall build a house for my name. And he shall, build my, he shall be my son. And I will be his father. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. We must present before our young people a challenge. That's what David did. David charged Solomon. He actually challenged him with this awesome privilege of building this magnificent dwelling place for the living God. We need to do the same. We also need to be willing to challenge our young people and then hold their feet to the fire when it comes to them perfecting their lives. When it comes to them building the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is their bodies. Also, when it comes to building the church, which is also the temple of God. How do you know, Bill? Well, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul speaks of the church. And he says, do you not know that you, does he, do you not know that you, church of Corinth, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You see, not only must we prepare our young people individually, but we must also present them a challenge to build the church. It's the high calling of God upon our lives. But there's something else we must also do, and that is we must share principles with our young people to help them succeed. In verse 11, check it out. 1 Chronicles 22, verse 11. Listen to what David said to his boy. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you and may you prosper and build the house of the Lord your God as he has said to you. Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding and give you charge concerning Israel that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you take care to fulfill the statutes and judgments with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be dismayed. The principles that our young people need in order to succeed are as follows. First of all, David tells us that they're going to need godly presence. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you, David said. You see, the first and primary principle that our young people need is the presence of God in their lives, and that only comes one way. That is through a living, vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So what are you called to do, men? Start introducing your kids to Jesus at the youngest possible age. Speak the name of the Lord to them. More than anything else that this world has to offer, more than anything else that you have to offer, your kids need what God has to offer. And that is a praise to Him. That is His continuous abiding presence that only comes through the person of Christ Jesus. But there's something else they need. 
because they are also going to need godly wisdom. David said, only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding. Mark Twain said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. And then when I got 21, I couldn't believe how much the old man had learned in just seven years. <laughs> what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Can any of our Sunday school life group kids tell us what is wisdom? <laughs> I see you hiding back there. Wisdom. Using what you know. Right, guys? Use, yeah, no, it went like this. Using what you know. You know what? We have a, a problem in our church in that we are so full of knowledge. We got it all going on up here, but we fail to apply it down here. Wisdom is using what you know. And not only must we teach our young people about God, but we must also show them how to apply the truth of a relationship with God. That's what wisdom is. They must see that what we're telling them is important to our lives. Otherwise, it ain't nothing but a big fat lie. If it's not important to you, if you're not living the word of God that you're teaching your kids, it ain't nothing but a lie. But David also knew that Solomon would need godly authority. He said, only may God give you charge concerning Israel. You see, friends, in and of ourselves, we got no authority. We have no authority in this world, no authority in the next. But praise God, Jesus does. He's got all the authority. And the word of God declares that if we place our trust in Jesus Christ, not only is his righteousness imputed to us, but guess what else is? His authority is imputed to us as well. If we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, we are also heirs to the kingdom of God. And therefore, we have authority. Authority over anything that comes against us in the physical realm or in the spiritual realm. And I say praise the Lord for that. Amen. We have to teach our young people that they need the authority that only Jesus gives. They've got to know Jesus. But David also knew that Solomon would need godly obedience. He said that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. David knew that Solomon needed wisdom to keep God's rules because David knew himself. He knew firsthand what happens when God's people rebel against God. They get a spanking. Amen? And he didn't want his son to experience that. And so David knew that if, if Solomon would only surrender to God's design, if he would only surrender to God's purpose for his life, then Solomon would prosper. Then Solomon would be successful. Then he would accomplish something for the glory of God. Then Solomon would achieve something that has eternal value. Then he would flourish and his kingdom would thrive. Friend, those things are no less true today than they were 
3,000 years ago when David spoke to Solomon. Young people have got to realize the gravity of surrendering to God's will. Because success only comes by following God's design. Did you hear that, church? Success only comes by following God's design. Follow God's design, true success is a guarantee. Veer off on your own course, failure is imminent. So that he knew that his son needed godly obedience to succeed. But David also knew that Solomon would need plenty of God's strength and courage. He said, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be dismayed. If you don't believe this is true, just ask any teacher. Ask any teacher how challenging it is to teach kids these days. If you don't believe me, just ask any godly parent how difficult it is to raise up godly children these days. If you don't believe me, just ask people like Lori Matthews, Wendy Shelton, Stacy Calvert, ask Miss Janet, ask Brother Tim, ask Flossie, ask uh, Miss Francis. Ask Brother Harold. Ask Connie Shelton. Just ask Brother Howe. Ask Brenda Tarpley how difficult it is to raise up godly people even when they're not your own. Ask anybody who has sacrificed their time, sacrificed their talents, sacrificed their sanity in order to raise up godly young people. It takes courage, amen. It takes courage to go into the lion's den. That's how I feel on Wednesday night sometimes. I'm getting ready to go into the lion's den to get eat up. Amen. It takes courage to go in there. But you know what? It takes courage to build the house of the Lord. Whether it be the house, the temple of the Holy Spirit, or the church of Jesus Christ, which is the temple of God as well. You know, one dad told this story. He said, as ham sandwiches go, it was absolute perfection. He was building his sandwich, and it had a nice thick slab of ham on it. It had uh, uh, some crisp lettuce on a, on a fresh bun, and it had plenty of that expensive light brown gourmet man mustard on it. And he said, as I was carrying that sandwich to the picnic table, the corners of my mouth began to ache. I was so hungry for that sandwich. And I just got ready to pick up that sandwich and start eating it. And my wife came up to me and said, honey, here, hold Johnny, our six-week-old son. Hold Johnny while I go make me a sandwich. And so he said he held him with one arm. And then he reached out to, to grab his sandwich. And he noticed there was some mustard on his left hand. And he said, I love mustard, but I don't have a napkin. And so he went like that. It wasn't mustard. He said he ain't never put a kid down faster and ran the opposite way. He ran into that house and he grabbed a washcloth and he did a shoe shine on his tongue. And his wife said, now you know why they call it Grey Poupon. <laughs> Friends, not only does the next generation need strength and courage, but so do we. So do we. 
strength and courage. Fathers, Christians, we must prepare our young people for their individual holiness by being present in their lives. Don't think for a second that a moment you have not invested in a child's life won't pay big bucks later. Being present, creating individual holiness. You know, we must also present them with a challenge to continue building Christ's church. The church of the living God. We must also be willing to share with them principles that they need to succeed. And not just tell them, but show them. But most importantly, we must position their faith in the Lord. Look in verse 14 quickly and I'll close. David said, Indeed, I have taken much trouble to prepare the house of the Lord. 100,000 talents of gold. That's 4,000 tons of gold he collected for the temple. And 1 million talents of silver. That's 40,000 tons of silver for the temple of God. And bronze and iron beyond measure, for it is so abundant. I have prepared timber and stone also that you may add to them. Moreover, there are workmen with you in abundance, woodsmen and stone cutters and all types of skillful men for every kind of work of gold and silver and bronze and iron. There is no limit. Arise and begin working and the Lord be with you. David also commanded all the leaders. I hope you're taking that verse personally. David commanded all the leaders of Israel to help Solomon, his son, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given you the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Now listen to this. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Therefore arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy articles of God into the house that is to be built for the name of the Lord. Positioning their faith in Jesus. General Douglas MacArthur and I thought about Mike Stovall when I saw this illustration. General Douglas MacArthur wrote this prayer for his son. And this is what he prayed. He said, build me a son, O Lord, who will be strong enough to know when he's weak. And brave enough to face himself when he's afraid. Build me a son who will be proud when he's honestly defeated. And humble and gentle when he's victorious. Build me a son, O Lord, whose words will not take the place of deeds. A son who will know you. Lead him, I pray, not in the path of ease and comfort, but under the stress of difficulties and challenge. Here let him learn to stand up to the storm. Here, let him learn compassion for those who fail. Build me a son, O Lord, whose heart will be clear, whose goal will be high. A son who will master himself before he goes off trying to master somebody else. Build me a son, O Lord, who will reach into the future, yet never forget the past. 
And after all these things are his, add, I pray, enough sense of humor that he may always be serious, but not take himself too seriously. Give him humility that he may always remember the simplicity of true greatness, an open mind of true wisdom, and the meekness of true strength. Then, and only then, will I, his father, dare to whisper, I have not lived in vain. Friend, there is no limit to the amount of resources that we could give our young people today. Man, there are umpteen translations of the Bible. There are study Bibles this and student Bibles that. All those things have one purpose. There are all manner of programs and curriculums and Sunday school classes. There is Kids Corner and Christians in Action and Vacation Bible School. But they all have one purpose. They are all designed for one reason. And that is to help a young person position their faith in Christ. That's the goal of all that, to position their faith in Christ. So before there can be any holiness in their lives, before there can be a thriving, healthy church, before there can be God's presence, before there can be any wisdom, authority, obedience, strength, or courage, there must be faith in Christ. And I ask you to notice with me what King David commanded all the leaders to do. He said, I want all you leaders to help my son. Help my son to build this temple. You've heard it said that it takes a village to raise a child, I submit to you that it takes an assembly of God-fearing, Christ-trusting, Bible-believing Christians willing to dedicate and sacrifice their lives for your child. That's what I believe it takes. But it also takes a good dad. It takes a good dad, one who's willing to teach his child, just like David said, to set your heart and set your soul to seeking the Lord. And challenge them. Son, my daughter, arise and build the sanctuary of God. Whether it be individual holiness or the body of Christ called the church. So this invitation is not just for dads today. It's for all of us. And as I read that, and I read that challenge from David to his son, my soul, my heart was quickened to the ways that I fall short. And fortunately, thanks be to God that he allows us to, to bring those, those burdens, those guilt burdens before him and lay them before him only to receive forgiveness in its place.
So maybe you've realized that you've dropped the ball like I realized that I've dropped the ball. I'm ready to pick it up again. I'm ready to do it with my own children. I'm ready to do it with your children. What a great call that we have as believers. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, I'm so thankful that we have this incredible privilege of raising up your children. But Lord, the challenge is so difficult. There are so many things that the world is throwing at our children. There are so many things.